a reason. The money will come, but can you stand alone? Hallelujah. Because your mind will start, you want people to like you. But see, I, I committed to what God said, not to what the people wanted. That served me well because there's been other changes that God's asked me to make, and, and you just have to make them. And, and there's times you'll make changes, and people don't understand it, and they'll go away, or they'll go a different direction, or they'll do whatever they want to do. And, and here's the issue. If you're not willing to stand, and you're not willing to keep to your commitment, you'll miss what God said. Oh, hallelujah. Look, look, look over here at John chapter 4. Mm, hallelujah. That, that'll serve you well. Because every night, no matter how you're, you're having to stand, you go home and you know you did what God told you to do. Amen. And you can lay your head on your pillow and rest well because you did what God said. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. John chapter 4 and verse 34. Jesus said to them, the disciples, my meat, my nourishment comes from doing the will of him that sent me and finishing his work. Now, this is something I got a hold of some years ago. Jesus was not excluded from finishing, and neither are we. If Jesus had not finished, there would be no church. Mm, hallelujah. John chapter 5, verse 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. This is so empowering. The works that God has sent you to do bear witness that He sent you. Just like Jesus. Every, every time people drive by our churches and they see them thriving and they see people there and they see activity going on and they see the live stream and they see the television broadcast and they see the victory that's, that's, that, that's coming out of our fellowship, that's proof God sent us. Amen. Every time you look at the changes God's made in your family, every time you look at the victory that's in your life, that's proof God sent us. Hallelujah. Think about that. I've had people before that they would say, well, you know, I, are you sure this is what God wants me to do? Because, you know, I've only got three people in my department, but look at the change that's occurring in their life. That's proof God sent you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Michelle was telling me today, she said, I got a, I got a, a video from uh, 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 Faith Kids today, and she said, boy, they were having a good time. Said Pastor, said Pastor Anthony was out there dancing, playing air guitar, just having a blast. She said, they were full. I said, I know. What is that proof of? God sent them. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, a lot of those kids are, are their grandkids, are, are kin to them. Yeah, but who cares? God's changing them under the ministry of their grandparents. 
God sent them. You ever watch Pastor Marie walk in with all them, them little toe-headed boys? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Their lives are changing. They're hearing the Word of God from our children's pastors. Glory to God. Nobody else will be able to say what our children's pastor says, that I introduced them to Jesus. Not just them. You understand what I mean? But, but when there's just three, oh, man, where are all the kids? They're coming. Be committed to change them. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Am I helping you? It bears witness with all the people that you impact that God has sent you. You know, when somebody tells me, they'll say, Pastor, you know, the effect that the word you preach has had on my life, that blesses me because it's proof God sent me. I can't change anybody in myself. I don't have the patience to change people in myself. I'm a very patient man. You understand? My wife says I'm the most patient person she knows. But I don't have, nobody has the patience to change people in yourself. God sent you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Some people, they say, oh, Pastor, you're so patient. I know you, you have kept me on my knees. Praise the Lord. <laughs> glory to God. Ooh, when you, sister, when you started coming to church, my prayer life improved. It just... Or brother, I don't want any sisters to think I'm being serious about that. <laughs> Pastor, you talking about me? I'm not, I'm not talking about nobody. Amen. John 17 and 4. Look what Jesus said, John 17, 4. I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work that you gave me to do. Notice, finish the work God gave you to do. Not finish the work I wanted to do. Finish the work God gave you to do. Hallelujah. When, uh, well, this would have been um, 28, 27 years ago now, uh, because we, the, December will be here 24 years. So 20, 28, 27 years ago. And uh, I was uh, a part of a church in Kansas City, Kansas, and I was assistant pastor there. And for the first couple years, I, you know, I was very, very satisfied. I mean, I was ministering the Word. Uh, life was good. God was blessing us like He never had before. But I look at this verse, and there came a point in that situation where I was finished. Does that make sense? And I just knew it right here. There's nothing more for me to do. Right? I finished the work God gave me to do. Now, there are people that say, well, you're supposed to pastor this church. And I would just say, no, I'm not. Because I knew right here. Right. Hallelujah. Right. 
And when, 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 one, when, that, when, when an assignment is finished, you'll be amazed how quick the next one opens up. Because God, God, God gets you from that place to where he wants you to be. Hallelujah. Don't worry about a door closing. Be looking for a door opening. Right? What, what's behind you doesn't matter. That's behind me. I finished that. Right? That's, that's where a lot of people make a mistake. Remember I said God can help a failure, but he can't help a quitter? It's because a quitter just sits where they're at. But if you focus on your failures, listen, everybody's failed. Everybody's missed the mark. Everybody's messed up. Let me say it this way. Most everybody's quit. But the difference between the quitter and the person that gets up and keeps going is one was committed and one wasn't. Hallelujah. Right? You know, it's not coincidence that the pastor, I, I came to minister uh, here first for a week. The pastor invited me for a week, and on Wednesday night, when God says, I want you to make yourself available to pastor this church, I didn't know anything about what was going on. And the pastor tells me after church, he's resigning. Right after God told me to make myself available. I just resigned from the assistant pastor at that church. You follow me? Now, remember they had to vote? <laughs> There's two weeks. And, and so I went over to a Mission Full Gospel church. That's where I met your family, met you and your family over at Mission Full Gospel. Pastor Dale um, Carter. And uh, we were there for three weeks. See, they were voting, and I was preaching for three weeks. But God hooked families up to our ministry in that church. Amen. And when we came here to minister, they came with us. Well, they're not with us. They, they followed us shortly thereafter. Because I remember the night I got home, it was a torrential rainstorm. It had flooded Kansas City, Kansas. And I got home, and the phone rang, and it was Pastor Marie. And she said, we have voted and, and decided that we would like to have you for our pastor. I, I, I had no downtime. I went from that to this in December. By February, I'm full-time in the ministry. Now, why? Commitment. When God told me, when he said February 22nd, 1999 is your last day on your job, that was, not, that was a statement that I could commit to or refuse. Amen. Because my life is better right now than it's ever been at that time. Right? It's easier. The fight, we just bought our first home. Hallelujah. Life is good. They've, I'm getting raises. I'm getting promotions on my job. And God says, that's the last day on your job. When God wants you to commit to something, he will come and he won't so much ask you as he will just point a finger at you and say, this is what I want you to do. Amen. And then you can say yes or you can say no. 
Hmm. Say yes. You're not finished until you've done the work He gave you to do. Because our reward is based on what He told us to do. My reward is based on what God told me to do. I think sometimes people don't live with that in mind. That I'm working for a reward. I'm going to be rewarded according to what I've done. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Philippians 1.6. Oh, hallelujah. It's good stuff. Amen. Philippians 1.6. This, this is a scripture that blesses me every time I read it. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. You know what that word perform means? Finish. It means he will finish it. What God started in you, he will finish it if you'll let him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but there's so much he's asking me to change. I know he's finishing something. Boy, the finished product's going to look good. Amen. Do you see this? 2 Timothy 4. I'm, I'm hurrying to get to the latter part of this. Whew. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we read some of this earlier. But, but I want you to see some things. For the sake of time, I'll paraphrase. Demas forsook Paul. Only Luke was with him. And, and he goes on down here, verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. Notice this. I pray God that it's not laid to their charge. Verse 18, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me to his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Notice Paul said nobody stood with him at first, and everybody forsook him. But notice what he said, I don't lay it to their charge. Hallelujah. Yeah, but so-and-so forsook me, and they just quit. And Well, I understand. Stay focused on what you got to do. And don't lay it to their charge. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, one time there was a minister that didn't like me very much. I know it's hard to understand. But the Lord spoke to me about him. And he said, he's going to encounter some problems. And he said, when he does, don't rejoice. Right. That's important. I, I hear people in ministry say things like, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll be kind to them, but I'll never forget what they did. You're laying it to their charge. Do you, do you know what forgiving is? Forgetting. Amen. If you don't forget, you haven't forgiven. Yeah, if you, if you only knew, I'm not trying to be flippant or just, but forgiving's forgetting. Right. 
If you forgive a debt, what are you saying? You don't owe it. If they don't owe it, what did you do? Forgot it. Right? Paul said, nobody stood with me. I pray God it's not laid to their charge. Mm. Paul acknowledged that he had experienced pain. Now here's part of this that very often some don't like. If you're going to finish your course, you're going to have to go through and overcome pain. Many people never finish their course because they cannot or will not overcome the pain that has to be dealt with to finish your course. Amen. It's, it's, it's just the reality of it. Your ability to overcome pain determines your level of success. Amen. I've had ministers tell me, they'll say, you know, people are mean. I said, not all of them. That's like saying all dogs are mean. Not all of them. Amen. Amen. I got a big brute of a beast in my house. Three and a half pounds of terror. <laughs> Amen. I mean, she'll, she'll bark and I'll tell her, okay, you ran them off. It's okay. Leave them alone. Don't intimidate them. Guy was walking by, walking his dog, and I was out in the, in the yard with my dog, and he looked at my dog and laughed. I was like, hey, don't, don't let her intimidate you. Nervous laughter. <laughs> Make me turn her loose. Oh, glory to God. Change is painful. And your threshold of pain will determine your ability to change. I'm not talking about anything changing in our ministry. I'm talking about your commitment because there will be change. And your threshold of pain will determine your ability to change because things will change. Many people never change because they won't overcome the pain of change. Hallelujah. It's painful when people don't understand what God's asked you to do. I remember uh, when uh, Pastor Marie, was go they, they were going to go to Clarksville, and we had a lady here in the church and she stood out in the foyer and said, well, I don't understand why they got to go to Clarksville. Why can't they just stay here and, and help out here? Well, we just got through saying that God had laid on our hearts to make that change. Hallelujah. It's painful when people don't understand. But when, you're, when your motives are misunderstood, and people don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you have to stand and do it anyway. Why? Because God said it. God said it. When someone says, 
I don't like change. What they're really saying is, I don't want to go through the pain to make the change. Amen. To finish your course, you've got to overcome the pain of criticism. I'll tell people, they'll, they'll move into a position, and I always say this, I'm not doing you any favors. Amen. Amen. Because the more responsibility you have, the more room to be criticized you have. Hear me when I say this. If, if you're close and you work close with the pastor, there'll be people that criticize you because you work close with the pastor. It could be jealousy or whatever else. Well, who do they think they are? Well, they don't think they're anybody. I thought they were somebody. I asked them to help me. Amen. Amen. It's important. In, in whatever God's called you to do, in the department God's called you to lead, you've got you to lead it by the Holy Spirit. You've got to do, n- number one, what the vision of the church is, the desire of the, of the man and the woman of God in church. But then you've got to do what God told you, irregardless of what anybody thinks. Amen. 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 Yeah, but you know, so-and-so said they're upset because they don't understand. I can't help them understand it. God said. Right? right? In, uh, in the Little Rock location, our youth pastor, uh, he, he put a, uh, a deal together, and he told the kids, he said, all right, and he, and he mapped out, I think it's six weeks. He said, whatever child, whatever student comes to every detour, they're in a series, comes to every part of this series for the next six weeks, we'll give you $50. <laughs> I'm going to have to help him. <laughs> I already told him we would. But here's, here's the point. You know, there are people, you know what they said? Well, I'm going to talk to him because I feel like he's just bribing the kids. Hmm, really? Now, these happen to be the same people who don't want to come to church more than once a week. Well, you know, he came and talked to me. He said, Pastor, all I'm trying to do is get the word in these kids. All I'm trying to do is keep the word coming in them. I don't understand. And I looked at him, and I called his name. I said, look, I know it hurts, but you got to do what God told you to do. Don't worry about that. Amen. You can get through the pain. It'll be okay. You gotta, I said, you're not bribing anybody. You're rewarding good behavior. Amen. Would that same person say that God was bribing us when he said seven times in the book of Revelation, he that overcomes, I'll give you some good stuff. A crown, a valuable precious stone, a name no man knows but you, a place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right? What about pastors? Is God bribing pastors when he said the pastor that takes care of the flock? He said when the great shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of glory that doesn't fade away. I love you all with all my heart, but I'm here tonight because I got a crown in my future. Amen. It, it, it makes standing through the difficulties easier. Oh, hallelujah. 
Glory to God. But you know, you know what the blessing of that is? There, there, there's a couple kids that have been there every week since they started that. And if anybody needs the word, they need it. They need it. In bad situations in their home. Bad situations. And they're coming and they're finding love. And they're finding acceptance. And they're finding victory. Amen. There's adults that actually love them and care about them. And it started out coming for $50. Now they're coming because they like to be there. So people are going to misunderstand. People are not going to understand. Glory to God. I remember when we would do Operation Sunshine. There were people that would just get upset with us. Well, you're, you're going into them lower-income neighborhoods, and, you're, and, 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 and you are taking advantage of those people. Hmm. You know how many people got saved in those outreaches? How many families we were able to touch? Yeah, people didn't understand. But you know what I kept doing every Saturday? Putting my yellow shirt on and going to give, and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running over. Yeah, just kept doing it. And you know what they kept doing? Giving, and it kept coming back to them. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. In order to finish our course, we must finish the work He gave us to do, and we must overcome pain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's when you, as, I, as I'm wrapping this up, that's when you look introspectively. And, and, and when, when, when somebody misunderstands or somebody uh, uh, criticizes or somebody says something that's hurtful, you just look inside and you say, Lord, I don't lay it to their charge because I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when God told us to pastor two churches, there are people that just didn't understand. They just, they, they, this is my, my heart. They just didn't understand. Well, you know, pastor's not going to be there every week. What? Now, wait a minute. But people that pastor has trained up and laid hands on and imparted the anointing into and that have been trained under this ministry for 15, 20, 25, 24, 25 years, they are here every week. And my wife or myself are here every week but one out of every month. Right? And I'm here every Wednesday. Whether you show up and watch me on the screen or not, I'm here. So it might not be my commitment that's in question. You understand? Do you see that? Because, listen to me, when Dave Smart ministers, he's ministering in my place. He's standing in the office in the ministry gift that God has had us lay hands on him and impart him into, he's standing in the office of the teacher. Amen. Amen. When Pastor Marie, Pastor Ron, minister, 
they're standing in that office of the pastor that they've been put into by the Holy Spirit. You'll receive just as much from them as you receive from me or my wife if you'll just commit and show up. I don't, I don't ever want that said in our churches. Well, is pastor going to be there today? Pastor's always here. I'm either here physically as I am now, or I'm here in Dave, I'm here in Ron, I'm here in Marie, I'm here in Anthony or Tanya, I'm here in Kathleen, I'm here in whoever's ministering. Why? Because I've taken of my spirit and put in them. That's the biblical mindset. So important. Amen. And I don't have anything against anybody that's ever left my church or doesn't come like they used to. That's not the issue. I, I take that to heart. I don't lay it to their charge. Because I've got to finish what I've got to do. Everybody here has a course. You've got to finish. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. You have to finish. Hallelujah. I'll close with this. Because I, I sincerely keep picking this up in my spirit. There are things that will lay dormant. Things that you don't use lay dormant. You know, brother, I do what God's asked me to do or not. Does not change the fact that I will stand accountable for it. Amen. I, I remember one time I was in uh, uh, Fullerton, California, with my pastor. And uh, this was back when uh, Sister Jeannie was, was going through some of the issues that, that she eventually overcame. Uh, the Lord gave the doctors wisdom to help her. And she wasn't traveling. She wasn't able to travel with pastor. And so, uh, I, of course, I travel with both of them now, but I was, I was really traveling with him then. And uh, we, were, we had agreed to meet for dinner. And so we were on the elevator coming down. And we were talking about some things such as this. And I made the statement to him. I said, well, you know, you know it's like Brother Hagin said. It's better to be a little uh, behind God than ahead of God. And he just looked at me like only he can. He said, unless you're too far behind, then he'll just get somebody else. Right. And at that time, the elevator door opened. And he just walked off and left me standing with that. But you know, that imprinted me. I don't want God to get somebody else. Because that means I wouldn't do it. Remember, I've told this story before. The Lord came to my pastor, and he said, I want you. Uh, he said two things. He said, you have a poverty mindset. And he said, I want you. And he said, well, Lord, how, what do you mean I have poverty mindset? He said, you go to a restaurant and you order off a price, not off what you want. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. I'm not talking about money. He said two things. He said, I want you, first of all, I want you to go find some rich people and go shopping with them and find out how they shop. And he said, you know what I found out with wealthy people? They don't look at how much something costs. If they want it, they buy it. And he said, secondly, the Lord said, I want you to go buy the most expensive suit you can find in Little Rock and pay full price for it. 
And he said, Lord, why do I need to do that? He said, I can get three double knit down at the bargain barn for $75. And here's what the Lord said. He said, if you can't pay full price for a suit, you can't build a building. If you can't build a building, you can't take a city. And here's what he said after that. And if you can't take a city, why do I need you? Now, I hear that, and that sobers me up. Because there are little things that God will ask you to do, and that's, that's a stepping stone. That's a piece to the whole picture. Well, Lord, I don't, I don't understand why you want me to be in every service. Why do I have to be in every service? What's he training you for? Lord, I don't understand. Pastor's putting a lot of pressure on me. Pastor's asking me to do a lot. Pastor's expecting a lot of me. Wonder why. Can you take the pain? Because if you can take the pain, you can finish. Amen. Hallelujah. Did, now, I have military men in here. Pastor Ron's a Marine. Marines don't retire. They're always Marines. Now, you, you, you know this if you've been in the military. Why is boot camp so hard? To make it hard on the strong? No, to weed out the weak. To, to get rid of the quitters. Amen. Is that right? What God has asked you to do, He could have asked anybody to do it. But He asked you. Why? He, he, he figured you wouldn't quit. Amen. Do, do you understand that? God, I, I have been put in positions, I've been put in situations where it's like, Lord, are, are they really asking all of this of me? How am I going to do everything they're asking me to do? When I was assistant pastor at that ministry, they didn't just want me to help out in the church. I was preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night. I was preaching Wednesday night. I was doing prayer meeting on Monday night. My wife and I were organizing everything. I was pastoring the church and working a full-time job. And I would go to the Lord and say, Lord, I mean, I, I love doing this, but Lord, look what they're asking. I, you're in training. Hallelujah. I tell ministers that want to go into full-time ministry, if ministry's not full-time to you right now, but you're willing to go full-time when you get paid, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's just the bottom line. It's not an issue of faith. It's not an issue of you, don't, you just won't step out and do it. It's, it's, it comes to that commitment level. Amen. Do you understand that? So when, when God says, I want you to do this, I want, I want, I've had people come to me and say, the Lord's been dealing with me to be at every service. It's training. Yeah, but it's going to be difficult. Can you do it? Can you stand the pain? Yeah, but I'm only going to have an hour between the time I get home and i got to leave for church. Can you do it? Can you stand the pain? Can you handle it for a while? You understand? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's anybody in this room. I'm just saying I've had people come to me and say that. 
You, would the Lord ask me to do, knowing, knowing what, what it's going to, uh, uh, the, the, the responsibility it's going to put on me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because ever how many people are in here tonight, I have now the responsibility of your soul because I was willing to be responsible to show up at church every night. You understand? I was front row mafia when I was doing nothing for God. Just coming to church. Amen. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. I, w- I want you right now. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes. I don't, I don't know everybody I'm talking to. But here, here's what I keep picking up and sensing in my spirit. That you've laid some things down. Just laid some things down. I don't know whether they're dreams or desires or callings or giftings or whatever it is. You just laid them down. Well, I'm going to say to you under the unction of the Holy Spirit that tonight you got to pick them back up. There are teaching gifts in this place tonight That it began with, maybe I don't have an opportunity, and then it just became easy not to do it. But you got to pick that back up, because the more we grow, the more the ministry grows, the more God adds to the ministry, the the more people are going to show up, the more things are going to change, and your gift is going to be needed. So far from just calling people out, This is something that's got to be between you and God. Well, you're meditating on this. One time I heard a man say something. He said, one of the most defining moments in anybody's life is just as they're sitting alone with just them and God. And God puts his finger and says, I want that. I want you to do this. And you just say, yes, sir. Oh, hallelujah. It's not over. It's not over. God brought you here tonight because that that he's called you to do is still there. And we'll help you do it if you'll just commit to it. Say this out loud tonight with your eyes closed, your heart turned to God. Say this out loud with all of sincerity. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. What you've asked me to do, ever how big or small, I commit to it. Lord, you don't have to get anybody else. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. And I'll do it well in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, be free. Be free. Be free. You got the rest of your life to do what God's asked you to do. And you're going to do it. Hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Glory to God.